You're listening to Radio MD. It's time to Ask Dr. Mike on Healthy Talk. Call or email to ask your questions now. Email Smith at RadioMD.com or call 877-711-5211. The lines are open. So my, my next question, Ask Dr. Mike, by the way, is a great way for us to have some really cool radio. You know, I love this part of the show. Ask Dr. Mike, right? Send me your questions. You can you can be vague. You can be specific. So here's the question. Um, for the past 10 years, I've had tremors, and it's getting worse. The tremors only happen when I sign my name. If I move around, my hands seem to be okay, and even at rest, they're okay. My father also developed tremors at age 60. He died at 97 without being diagnosed with Parkinson's. Now, there was some more to this email, and it got cut off. And, and also, I, you know, so when, when you send in your question, I, I have, the, I have the, the benefit of working at Life Extension where we have, um, gosh, probably like 60 health advisors that you can call in and talk to and stuff. And so they help me sometimes in... In this question, um, I think it was the health advisor that was asking the question. They put it in parentheses. Is this tremor happening um, at rest? So if you remove that, because I think that came from the advisor who was just looking at the question for me. So I think what we have here is a person with tremors who, that have gotten worse, and they seem to happen when only when he or she, I'm not sure who this is, signs the name, not, not when they're doing other things. Okay. We call this an essential tremor. Um, and unfortunately, we don't, in most cases, we don't really know what causes an essential tremor. Uh, they usually begin around age 40. Um, an essential tremor usually begins on one side of the body, but as it, it, in most cases, they do progress to both sides, and it's usually your hands. Um, and, and, and we don't, but we don't really know what causes it. I mean, you can do nutrient testing. You can do heavy metal testing. And those things, you, in, 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 a, in a good workup, will look at that stuff and, and rule it out. I mean, right? Because, you know, too much lead can cause you to have a tremor. So you got to make sure you rule all that out. you got to make sure it's not infection. I mean, there's, there's stuff that your doctor can do to rule this stuff out. But in most cases, you just – we don't know. Everything comes back normal, and you just have this – this tremor and and there's no cure um conventional treatment for these things can often be worse than the the tremor uh and so i you know and 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 this is i think a, a perfect place where natural medicine can play a huge role i would suggest trying some b12 shots high dose b12 shots um, there are some doctors that might even mix some um, vitamin C with it. So it's a B12 vitamin C shot. You could also do uh, a nutrient that I really like for peripheral nerves called phosphatidylserine, about 100 milligrams a day. In the industry, it's mostly called PS caps, phosphatidylserine. Make sure you're doing the basic healthy fats like omega-3s. Right, and and I think I think th- 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 give it a shot. See see how see how natural medicine can help you. I, I don't I don't know if any of that's going to get rid of the tremor, but 
the B12, the vitamin C, the PS, the omegas, they might give you, um, you know, better control over it, maybe diminish the tremor so it didn't happen so much. I mean, I think that the, it's, the goal really is diminishing. I don't know if you're going to actually get rid of it. But it sounds like this listener has classic essential tremor. So make sure your doctor looks at it. Make sure your doctor does the workup to rule out basic things like heavy metal and stuff like that. And then consider B12, vitamin C, PS caps, and omega-3s. Paula, Paula Wise has a question. Do you recommend fecal transplantation for a cure of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth? Is this procedure safe? Fecal transplantation. Um, when you, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, when you, when I re- say the words fecal transplantation, what comes to mind? Is it <laughs> you probably, you probably are, you know, thinking of it's some voodoo way out wacky thing, you know, that uh, started in some guy's garage and he's now trying to sell some sort of fecal transplantation device or something i don't know um but in this case fecal transplantation is um is it's been studied it's i I don't want to say it's not um it's definitely not mainstream but it's it has some uh, validity to it 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 has some scientific support for it and so it's not as crazy as it as it sounds um the problem is i think paula with the question so let me read the question again. Do you recommend fecal transplantation for a cure of intestinal bacterial overgrowth? And I'm always cautious about using the word cure. Um, I'm always cautious about being that definitive of anything. And if Paula, if I've learned anything in um, over 20 years of medicine, it is I, I've learned not to say definitive things. <laughs> cure you absolutely will you know those kind of words you know i just i'm careful um i think it's a legitimate uh procedure Uh, there are some small studies that shown fecal transplantation does decrease the overgrowth problem um uh, and 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 so it's something you should look into find a practitioner who knows what they're doing um and it is something that that you could and in most of the studies i've seen the procedures are safe okay that's fecal transplantation. All right. So here's when it, here was an interesting study. Now, I, I, I have about uh, two minutes left or so, so I'm going to try my best because this, this could be a whole segment. The question is, there was just a new study that looked at the possibility of Alzheimer's being a fungal disease. And the the listener wants my take on all this. I, I'll tell you what, Alzheimer's is um, the cause of it. What we call the etiology is multifactorial. It, it, it's not just one thing. I will tell you this, the the classic plaques, that what are called the amyloid plaques that form in the brain of Alzheimer's patients is not the cause. That is the result. That's the symptom. And that's why when you do treatments that reduce plaque, the ultimate result, you know, in terms of cognition and all that is is pretty poor because you're not correcting the underlying problem. And I did a whole uh, lecture on this. I did a I did a this was about two years ago. I did an Alzheimer's uh, like, you know, 
review where I looked at the different theories of the causes of Alzheimer's, and I presented this to some um, pharmacists out here in South Florida at uh, Nova University. And in that, in, in preparing that that lecture, I, I found an, an interesting theory of Alzheimer's. And, and what it is, it's it's an infectious disease, and, and that's at least one of the theories. And, and it may be one of the of the factors involved in Alzheimer's development, infection. And in now, in, back two years ago, the focus was on a bacteria, the same one that causes Lyme disease. It's a spirochete. And this, the studies, it was pretty impressive. Alzheimer's patients in their nasal cavity, um, in their oral cavity, have upwards of, you know, five, six, seven times the amount of spirochetes than a healthy person. So this idea that Alzheimer's could be infectious, that there could be a fungal or a bacterial connection, is not way out there. It is be it is becoming conventional thought, and I think you're going to see more research around uh, molds and, and fungal um, species and bacteria as, as one of these factors involved in Alzheimer's disease. So uh, my, my, my take on this is this is good research and it should be preceded. We should continue with this. We should proceed in this research. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well. 